The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Vegas 40 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMA Junkie as well as OddsCheckerUS.com. But on this year' program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today and tonight whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's for the fight. Recording this in the wee hours of the night here in Las Vegas time. That's right, not Aberdeen, but Las Vegas uh, for UFC Vegas 40 for Aspen Lad Irish Spring versus Nama Norma Dumont. Dumont. Beaumont, uh, Norma Dumont, uh, that's going to be uh, UFC Vegas 40, check the timestamps for that late night, delirious night, we're going to try to get through this and expedite if we can, but uh, yeah, check the timestamps for when that starts as per usual, whether you're listening on uh, YouTube, thanks for listening to the audio version, James Young, I hear you in the video, man, uh, I, I'm trying to get there, I, I got to get my health and schedule in order, and then I can be reliably camera ready, though I will warn you, when, these, uh, when I fully mo- move over to video, not just my interviews or top five, which are in video for the most part. Um, probably less less accidents, but that's by for the better. Less goofiness as well, but that's probably for the better. Again, uh, for the majority of you, uh, air quotes, normal functioning people, normal compared to me, but not compared to we, because it is the we that watches this crazy sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, so thank you there on YouTube or if you're on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for the five-star ratings and reviews. Those have been trickling in slowly but surely. They really do help over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. I'm trying to get over to the Stitcher SoundCloud, but i uh, got some force breaks coming up. Two weeks approved. Got to maybe do some more. We'll see. Uh, okay, well, we're going to try to get back on track with those things. But yeah, uh, the timestamps will tell you when the UFC Vegas 40 breakdown starts from top to bottom. I, of course, I recap all my picks and plays at the end. And I will say, which I will also timestamp along with the recap of UFC Vegas 39, uh, in between those things, the breakdown and the recap of UFC will be some Bellator uh, 268. Got some plays there um, on one of the Grand Prix fights. Broke down both those in depth, which you can find over at MMA Junkie. They got the full breakdown treatment. We called an audible as... You know, this space tends to do as the UFC sure as shit does, and they sure as shit did this week, so so did we over at Junkie, and I did not do the full treatment with video or um, written for Lad and Dumont. I know, oh, I know, I hear so many people just disappointed, um, but we will get to all that and more uh, as fast as we can, but if you're even in more of a rush, feel free to check the timestamps. It doesn't hurt. i um, going to give a, some quick shouts and a recap for this first portion. Shouts to Rob G, one of the, one of the, one of the best supporters. I, even, and I would say that even if he didn't hit the old PayPal link, which you can find over at MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, uh, which supports this here free show that's been free for, uh, we'll be good. Well, I think we're still on track to actually hit 300 episodes, which will be, uh, you know, uh, what will it be? 
and I've been doing this for six years, but the podcast only five, uh, December 2016. So this year will be, yeah, five years free, and, 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 and we'll stay that way. Uh, you know, hopefully, unless I need some employment or whatever. But, like, honestly, um, sharing the program and stuff is like, how, how, you know, and good word and stuff is like the, the best thing you could do, to be honest. And, uh, and Rob G always does that, man. Um, you know, uh, voting with your dollars is about the only useful vote you can really do, your dollars and clicks. And sadly, as someone who sees the analytics, the clicks don't really go to the quality in this space. Uh, you've heard it from many before, uh, and you've heard it from me many times before. So apologies there, but it is true. Um, and, uh, and, and all that counts. So whether you're tagging, you know, saying something nice, you know, we all say something negative. Let's try to be better, including myself, by the way, which I am trying to be even toward people like commissions and, and the thankless jobs of referees and all those things, right? Uh, so I'm trying my best to, but, but not just be positive, but, uh, you know, maybe then is the time to tag somebody and not a negative, right? But maybe not just tag them, but like, you know, uh, tag their bosses or if they have a tweet, you know, that uh, has, a, you know, aforementioned employers and people you're a fan of their content and one you know feel free to reply and, and say how much you enjoy that because people higher up than we uh do see that and it does matter um and, and rob g is always consistently one of the, one of the guys here at the protect your neck podcast uh regardless stop hitting that donate button though rob you're you're too kind uh scott e realized that there's thank you scott e by the way uh another donator um he did it through a different way i didn't even realize this i i I, I guess you don't even have to go to my my, my site like over on Dan Tom, at Dan Tom M M A, which is the only social media account that I'm like consistently active on by choice. Unfortunately, I'm trying to be better on Instagram. It's tough, anyways. Um, but uh, I got my uh, my link tree there, and no, sorry, folks. There's no there's no only Dan's account there that you can go to. But uh, I didn't realize there is a there's a PayPal link there uh, that I, I guess I inputted. And it all goes to the same place, thankfully. It is secure, Scotty, and thank you for that donation as well. Um, I think he is a gambler there, so, uh, you know, again, I, I appreciate it. I'm a bad businessman. Um, I don't ask for help. Uh, I don't ask for tips. I don't ask for uh, anything, uh, you know, uh, of that nature. I'm really bad uh, w with those things. So you guys, whether it's the kind words, um, you know, the, you know, uh, the small... Uh, uh, financial nods, uh, which these weren't small donations, by the way. So extra thank you guys. But anything, you know, just it doesn't matter. It's 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 the effort that that's worth uh, a lot to me. So I appreciate appreciate all the listeners of this show. Again, back to the shouts on YouTube and the commenters there, people who like the video. I mean, it, it's so appreciative. Thank you so goddamn much. Okay, that concludes the shouts. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna go to uh, recap UFC. Uh, Vegas 39 uh, recap. Uh, we went seven and two overall. Uh, one and zero oh in our parlay. That hit one and one in straight. Uh, one and three in prop flyers. Um, with the main prop being the big one that we actually needed to hit uh, for both odds checker uh, slash the podcast and overall. Um, it wasn't much, but it was a positive we ended on. So I will take it. Um, and hopefully you did too, right? Uh, so we're going to go to that. The, uh, Marina Rodriguez, of course, defeated McKenzie Dern in the uh, main event. Unanimous decision, 49-46 across the board. I um, can't remember if there were supposed to be any 10 in there or not. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised. 
Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I will say even though th- there wasn't a finish, I did credit for during his durability, so I don't know if I underestimated it per se, but I did predict that part wrong. So those pop flyers for rounds three, four, even the little one on five uh, did not come through. But I mean, Marina Rodriguez did, and that's what I what I, what I laid uh, the money line to kick for that coverage there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was definitely, uh, that was definitely nice. Um, it also proved my, uh, reads on the, the, the tie-ups and the clinch and whatnot. Um, and that's always nice when the analysis kind of fits, you know. Um, let's see what was that was, uh, the straight plays was Rosa, that one, we'll get to that one. There's the round props. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and we had to cancel because uh, Hogs Inside the Distance didn't happen because that fight got uh, scrambled. Like, I, I went to sleep and woke up to a fight canceled that I wasn't even aware um, was going to happen. So there was that, right? Uh, Randy Brown defeated uh, Jared Gooden uh, via that unanimous decision. Uh, weird thing with a toe. Um, I avoided that one. And I didn't watch it too much, so I can't say. I uh, watched too much live, so I can't say much. Uh, Mateo Schnickelau came through as the parlay piece. I defeated Tim Elliott. Um, don't want to pile on a Kraus who already took accountability like a good coach and team leader should. So good on Kraus um, for, you know, doing that. But that sucks for Elliott. Um... You know, because uh, he did better than um, I thought. But then again, you know, at the same time, I still I still feel like Nicolau, um You know, I I still feel like Nicolau had the skills to win. So it wasn't, a, I don't feel like it was a, well, obviously it wasn't a bad bet because of cash. But I, I don't think it was a terrible read either, despite Tim Elliott seemingly uh, having opportunity to uh, put himself in a position to win, um, if not for the uh, uh, corner directive. So, you know, no think anybody should hang their head too much but yeah um we move on and, and take that take that w there maria uh Aguibova defeated sabina mazo um via submission wow yeah that check right hook that was some powerful stuff hope sabina is okay glad i stayed away um but if you cash those dog tickets good on you uh, Chris Gutierrez defeated Felipe Calares via a split decision. Shouldn't have been a split decision at all. Um, so again, uh, obviously not a bad bet because it cashed Gutierrez and uh, Nicolau. But um, uh, yeah, the reads were right, and uh, I don't hate the round three sprinkle, even though it didn't cash because again, uh, you know, a couple different choices. And I know Calares is durable. I, I don't know if I again. I don't know if I underestimated that because I, I definitely stated it um, going in and in my analysis. But he survived. But hey, you know the read was kind of there. Um, I kind of wish I played this one even though I stayed away from it. Because even I said I'm like you know round two ground and pound. I, I called it exactly the round that was going to happen, and, and that's what happened. Um, I will be honest. I did a uh, low key as I listened right before the event. Um, tail some. Excuse me. Hashtag fatty's gonna fatty. Shout out to uh, the MMA analysis and and, and brass chuck. It it's real. Um, but yeah, Romanov uh, came through uh, over Ivandera. Give me sight beyond sight. Uh, fucking Walt Goggins and shit defeated Charles Rosa. 
that this underdog shot was a was a failure. But man, I, I like I said on Twitter, I really mad. I I couldn't help but give uh, Walt Goggins, uh, Damon Jackson, and uh, Safe Sayud for this MMA. They're due. Um, obviously, Charles Brosa has shown a loose position, but like very few people meaningfully have taken his back. Like, I'm not sure if I said that in the podcast, but like for all the oppositioning, he never really had his back taken, and that's. Um, Jackson's position, and he was able to to get there meaningfully. And, you know, again, to my credit, even though the bet was a loser, I'm not trying to uh, front at all, but, you know, again, the analysis did say that there would be some improvements with Sanford MMA, uh, that he did show that the wrestling was still intact. He did show improvements in his get-up urgency, um, and we saw that here, both in defense and urgency. But Damon Jackson persevered, and even though his record says do or die, it's deceptive, and I even said this in the analysis, but again, perhaps didn't listen to it enough. You know, the guy was called Cadillac in high school for, for running marathons and whatnot, so it wasn't necessarily, and I did say this to my credit, but again, perhaps didn't give it enough credit, wasn't necessarily do or die by his cardio sense, and, and that showed um, to really, really come through for him, especially after getting the cut, after almost being, you know, uh, Korean zombie uh, Yair Rodriguez in the third round there. <clears throat> so that was kind of a... Uh, so that was pretty crazy. Uh, but, you know, good on Jackson, man. Harder and win. Uh, Lupi Gudinez defeated uh, Sylvia Gomez Juarez via armbar round one. Quick work. And she put herself in the position to Chris Lehman it. Uh, but a week earlier to break Chris Lehman and the previous record for fastest turnaround. We'll talk about that in the breakdown coming up, I suppose. Uh, but made quick work of uh, the would-be contender series fighter, uh, Juarez. Uh, Steve Garcia came through, thankfully. This clinched the winning night, not just the, the three-legger, um, for the plus-176 parlay to defeat Charlie Andaveros. But uh, we bet the under here, and that came through. So that was a nice bonus. Um, did a little bit of prop hunting with a similar theme. Hopefully, we can do the same this uh, this week. Knock on wood. Hit both. Hit the parlay and the added bonus. That's designed to hit uh, some coverage in case the parlay does not fall through because this is MMA after all. So we will see as uh, we finish that recap at fourteen thirty and move on to Bellator. Um, by the way, I didn't talk about the really bad bet and I was clearly pissed off about it online with the uh, not bad bet but uh Paige Lima um again that was just like I said I was just uh, I was reminded of some of the fights uh you know and maybe not as bad as I I when I went back to look but some of the fights that I got some really bad beats on and I feel like I was just really you know even though I've been able to dig out some you know you know some decent amount of winning nights here in my credit from a betting standpoint, picks wise and 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 crucial uh, close calls were just not going my way, and the pressure has really been putting myself these few weeks, including this week. Although I do feel better about these bets, which I don't know if it's a good thing because I, I feel like I was sweating balls and stressing, and then getting pulling out wins. So you know I don't know if that's a good sign that I'm actually feeling decent about what I got for you guys this week. Um, or not, but, uh, but yeah, there's a bit of that, and then, yeah, it was also just classic fucking, you know, classic bad decision, and, you know, you want to say English bias, because, you know, from boxing to, you know, MMA, you know, from, you know, Hendo Bisping 2 to Bisping Hamill, uh, <laughs> not picking on Bisping, you know what I'm saying? Um, shoot, I actually bet him in that, in the, 
Hendo fight. So, believe me, I'm not picking on the guy. Um, but uh, Ben Cartilage, the one English judge, was the one judge who scored that fight right. So, I'm not trying to pick on my brothers and sisters across the pond, but, <clears throat> you know... Let's call a spade a spade, folks. Whether it's the betting window, you guys move the betting windows. Whether it's the judges. And even, and again, I'm not coming at my brothers and sisters, especially so many awesome ones in the media who I love. But let's be honest, folks. And I'm sure these people, if, if, if pressed to it, um, would admit the same. That uh, the English-Irish across-the-pond bias is a very strong one that seeps through all facets of the sport. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I come from a prideful island myself, and uh, as I'm part Irish, I guess, but no, uh, Hawaii, of course, I'm talking about. Uh, so believe me, and I, and I call myself out and, and, and others out, so it's not picking, just, just calling a spade for a spade. Um, there's certainly a, a lot of that, and you get the crowd factor, that's human. That's just human nature, right? Again, these are just human nature things, not picking on it, but this, these are just the factors that exist, and I, uh, this is actually to... Criticize me if anybody. I should have been more aware of that. Um, as far as the um, uh, that factor, but it was what was more frustrating was just the knockdowns, you know, um, air quote knockdowns of like just Paige pretty much like running into him and knocking him down and Lima like not even hurt. Like there was one right hand uh, knock. I don't even know if it was one that even fully knocked him down, but that was the one that was like legit off of a strike, a clean strike. Whereas it was just like bulldozing him over the other times, and then like there are people on Twitter that were just like, "Oh, that was the knockdown," like, "Oh, Jesus." Anyways, it was just really bad what we and I was just talking about this too. You know, the funny thing was before that podcast about like off balance knockdowns and stuff, and it's like it's a sloppy strike that was off balance, and the judge counts it as a knockdown. And boxing, they're more stricter on what they call uh, on that for good reason because in MMA they're just so fucking willy nilly and often wrong. You know, uh, and so that was just kind of ironic that I mean, maybe, maybe not ironic. What, Dan, you actually brought up a good point that came to fruition. I know. Crazy. Uh, but th that was that. So we go into Bellator um, 268. Uh, I'm just going to go over not the whole thing, just the top two fights and, and you know my bets and whatnot. But there's some there's some stuff here like, uh, you know, you got Yagji Muradoff against Albertson. Um Corrales is back. Brent Pumas and Brent Benson Henderson, which feels like a weird fight. Um, what did that open as? Yeah, coming in Henderson. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Looks in great shape. Um, not that Henderson ever looks out of shape, but he looks looks thin. Um, I wrote up Anderson one seventy eight, Bader plus one forty four. That just seems odd because it's like the more accoladed MMA fighter um, and the more accoladed wrestler. Uh, is the underdog, and you guys know that I've been a big fan of Bader. He's done really well for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I, I I just I just think that, um, essentially, you know, it could be a stymieing matchup. <clears throat> you could say both men have done well against other wrestlers, Bader, but due to skill, but it's like he, he was barely, all, also you could look at it like, well, he was also barely able to out, out output Phil Davis, who has, like, some of the lowest output ever. Uh, both striking and wrestling. Whereas Anderson, you know, like he's, you know, he he's beaten more accoladed wrestlers like Pat Cummings, you know, uh, uh, freestyle uh, rep. Um, I believe it's freestyle. Um, but a U U.S. team representative, um, 
and uh, was also an All-American as well. So he had the, the uh, folk style chops as well. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't know, Glover had a bad camp. He's not known as a wrestler, but he's a really good wrestler. Uh, did, did well in that fight. And the the two times that Anderson has been, been taken down early in his career, one off of a kick, the other off of uh, Jan Blakowicz, who would later become champion, but was then not really known. Uh, wrestling definitely wasn't his skill. He just kind of very started it and, and, and made it a point to take Anderson by surprise, which costed him his gas tank. Um, if you remember that fight, and uh, both times, you know, Anderson's been taken down in his career. Um, he showed really good get-ups, and those were early in his career, too. Um, and he just stayed calm, even in the Blockovich fight, because he was actually, like, rocked and hit a bunch of times before he got taken down early in his career, so on and so forth. Still stayed calm, underhook get-ups. Um, really good stuff from Anderson as far as that goes. Um, I saw Bader talking, and I agree with Bader. He's not that explosive with his takedowns. It's, like, up against the cage. Not that Bader can't be put there, but he's usually the person putting people there, right? Um, so it, that's a tough ask. So if anybody scores a takedown, I I would actually think it'd be Bader. But unless either guy is hurt or tired, which neither guy really gets tired, um, although Bader, I would say, has the more propensity to be tired because, again, part of the reason why I'm picking him is because he has someone that can match his pace and whatnot. Um, I feel like they're just going to be short and sweet stanzas for the most part, again, unless someone's hurt or tired or on their way out kind of a deal. Um, and with the five rounds of that, um, even though Bader has proven with his cardio in five rounds, I still picked Anderson to edge him out. Anderson's been doing a lot more kicking as well. I think that's going to serve him well. Um, whereas Bader, you know, his striking's gotten better, but his better footwork... Um, which is what I think he would need in this fight, also has taken away from his power a bit. So unless he's really stepping it in and hitting the perfect left hand on guys who are just fossils of their former selves, like King Mo was or Fedor, um, if you really look at it, he really hasn't been getting those stoppages. Linton Vassell, yes, but that was a, I believe that was like a wrist ride on top ground and pound thing, something he's not going to be able to do to Anderson because, again, it's like Spider-Man pointing to each other meme. Uh, Anderson does a lot of those same rides too uh, that that Bader does. They train together before. Plus Anderson being a homework hound and under Henry, who is a Mark Henry, who is a homework hound himself. Um, I think they know exactly what they're up against. Uh, they got the video game controller. It's basically unless Bader can knock Anderson out, uh, then Corey probably will win by doing more, and he could even maybe even knock Bader out. Um, so I picked Anderson, but I'm rooting for Bader. If you played him, it, it, I'm rooting for you. It seems like a dogger pass. Gun to the head if you're going to play Anderson. You look for the decision or rounds four and five small sprinkles, but mainly probably that decision prop. Um, but I, I'm, I'm honestly going to stay away. I like where Bader's head's at. He looks like he's in great shape. He just got his black belt. Um, yeah, man. I hope I'm wrong. But the pick is Anderson. Next fight, though, I definitely hope I'm right because I got moolah on this one. Vadim Nemkov got 50 bucks on them assholes. Shout out to Die Hard. Uh, Vadim Nemkov minus 550. Uh, Julius Anglicus plus 380. Uh, did the full written treatment on this one. This one uh, was out before I recorded, so hopefully you guys got a chance to check that out. MMAJunkie.com. Um, basically, Anglicus is a really tall uh, wrestle boxer. And 
even though uh, he doesn't seem fragile and his cardio doesn't seem terrible, um, he doesn't have a lot of experience, and uh, things can get sketchy the longer they go. Um, he, I don't like the length because against taller fighters, Vadim Nemkov tends to do pretty well. Uh, I know Yuri Prohachka was uh, was um, is taller than him, but you know again that that's a weird fight where. You know, again, why Herb Dean is that 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 Brian Ortega stuff was bullshit. Oh, he was tired. It's like, well, if a fighter's too tired to get up, regardless of the help from the corner rule, um, it should still be uh, called because that's what happened in Europe when he fought Yurbakratcha Vadim Nemkov, right? Um, he called the fight because he he was dominating, uh, unlike Ortega was, by the way, was not, uh, and he got the fight called against him because he couldn't get up because he was too tired. That was Vadim Nemkov. Um, but you look at, like, Liam McGeary kicks his legs off, Carvalho um, struck with him well, too, until uh, taking him down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, knocked out heavyweight Philippe Linz. Um, yeah, Nemkov's always done well against bigger guys. And then against wrestle boxers, well, he's got, you know, two in a row, three of his last... Uh, four fights, four of his last five, including this one, will be against uh, wrestle boxers, so to speak. Uh, I know Davis is very kick heavy in his career, but he actually did a lot more boxing and his best success with his punches against Nemkov. Um, for those not keeping up with Davis, um, so wrestle boxing is is kind of what he's been used to seeing. Uh, I don't like Angelikas's kick defense either. He also dips really heavy to the right side. Uh, even though he's actually been, I believe he's been rocked by um, a right-sided uh, a right-sided head kick. Um, lost to Cameron Olsen early in his career as a wrestler via arm, arm triangle choke. Uh, again, that was in the third round. Things, you know, things got sketchy. That was early in his career, so I don't want to hold it too much against him. He was able to win decisions recently that I wasn't able to get more than much more than highlights from. So it's hard to tell, but he looks like he's moving much more smoother. Still training at St. Charles MMA. Uh, not the biggest gym. Uh, not really notable training partners. Uh, whereas Nemkov, you know, he's he's got the whole uh, he's got the whole bunch. You know, freestyle wrestlers, his older brother Fedor, the Fedor team, and so on and so forth. Um, so basically, I think uh, Nemkov's either going to kick his legs or head kick him. Um, and possibly counter him uh, with punches, uh, unless Anglicus can you know hit him with a perfect uppercut or counter punch early, uh, and counter Nemkov's aggression. Then I think Nemkov either you know it, I, the way their their styles. I don't I don't think they can have a um, you know a slow fight because Anglicus will push to the cage, but uh, even though he has NIA level wrestling, we've seen. Vadim Nemkov's wrestling and Sambo stack up against uh, some of the best guys in the division. And uh, if he goes in on him, uh, if he goes in on him hurt, he's going to get subbed, which is interesting and, and hold that thought. Um, but if he just goes for regular takedowns or cage pushing, he's going to get out position uh, and probably countered. He'll get countered, underhooked, because uh, he's tall and doesn't wrestle as good as Nemkov, and Nemkov reverses shots, so he'll often hoist guys up and then re kind of rechange level or get in the inside and hit inside trip body locks um, and then he could get on top of Anglicus hurt him and then maybe even get a sub from there so leg kicks or head kicks on top to hurt him 
or reversals slash opportunistic capitalizations in the grappling department for a submission finish. Now, the odds don't represent it that much. The odds represent it as far as he opened it high chalk, has been bet to higher chalk from the money line. Um, but uh, I believe, uh, let's see where it is now, but I believe it was like chalk for like by TKO and chalk for inside the distance, of course. Let's see. Nemkov TKO, so the listing at plus 110. Uh, Nemkov inside the distance, minus 135. But by submission, I don't know if it's still that way. I got it for 900 plus 550. Okay, it went way down. Wow. Okay. It opened at 900. I took it at 900. That was just a stupid high line. Um, I'm waiting for it to open at my bookie, my, uh, my uh, other account, my main account that I use. But they're fucking stupid slow on props. And for some reason, they always wait till Friday afternoon. This is the only time I can go out and run errands and leave the house and I'm away from my keyboard and um, the props get released at, at crappy numbers because they don't have the best numbers to start with and then they all get bet down by the time I can get to it, which is why my uh, my bet online AG account is uh, much higher. Um, so I got it there uh, at plus 900. Um, I just put 0.33 units on it um, at plus 900 and I also sprinkled on rounds one and two because again, I see their stylistic matchup producing violence. I don't think we got total yet. I'm not sure what they're going to do the total. Uh, it looks like it's under under four and a half, minus 152. Jeez. That under is pretty damn safe, too, at minus 152. God damn, what did that open at? Minus one, four and a half. That's the minus. That's the chalk. That's the chalk under minus four and a half we should be playing this weekend. Jesus. Especially that it opened at, yeah, minus 150. It's right there at the opener still pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, I played, which would be fitting that wheelhouse, but plus money. I played Nemkov. I sprinkled 0.1 or point, yeah, 0.17. So uh, not 1.7, 0.17. I know I kind of misspeak on some of these. 0.17 on the round one prop for plus 200. And then 0.33 on the round two prop for plus 600. Um, uh, and... Uh, Another reason why I won't play the under, even though it's more coverage and a cheaper price than this prop, uh, for those of you out there, um, I actually just, in case Nemkov knocks him out, or God forbid knocks him out in the third round, none of those would hit. So I felt bully I bullied myself into laying the chalk. I, I usually don't do this as high for props this high, much less play props, but just play props this much this high. Uh, Nemkov inside the distance, minus 185 at 2.77 units. That's right. 2.77 units for Nemkov inside the distance. So hopefully he gets it done by sub and inside. That'll cash big. It doesn't matter the round if I hit the round props or not. But the most potent rounds are accounted for. So we just need Nemkov to not drop the ball. Let we let us be blessed by the Bellator favorite gods. All right. Okay. That's Latish uh, Bellator. What time is that? Uh, 31. All right, UFC Vegas 40, UFC Fight Night 195, UFC Lad versus Dumont. Um, yeah, let's pull it up here. We're going to go from top to bottom, of course. Uh, no main event breakdown again for the UFC, like I said off the top of this show. Uh, the only main event treatments I did in depth at Junkie are the Bellator Grand Prix matchups. And I got my Dana White Contender Series grade in the winners. Uh, 
the things that I always do. Where I give my opinions, popular or not. Thank you for those of you supporting, um, supporting those. Um, yeah, we got Aspen Lab minus 134, Norma Dumont plus 114. Um, I went with Dumont here. I was leaning her stylistically, and it matched stylistically for me to pick her straight up, but especially with Aspen Lad shaking on the scale. Of course, she's had many rough weight cuts, but... Um, some some have resulted in the gut of Leslie Smith. The others have resulted in, uh, and obviously I'm playing on her. I'm just making a little jab there, which you know, I'm referencing a true, you know, crazy occurrence. These weight misses with Lad, and uh, you know, she got knocked out by uh, shaking on the scale, then going out to fight anyways. Um, Jermaine Durandamy, which was probably not smart in retrospect, right? Uh, in the name of safety, folks, you know, again, you know, you only get me started on that and how many people are clearly looking for a fighter safety, which seems to be it here, you know, it's really questioning the scene, you know, with, um, you know, and, and by the way, our, ma our manager, cornerman, uh, romantic interests, whatever the roles are, I'm trying to be, uh, polite and respectful with it. it the guy does, does give really good corner advice. He's really sharp, really seems like a really uh, smart guy in that aspect. Again, trying to give give credit where credit's due, uh, so it doesn't seem like I'm just shitting on these people. But we have to be objective, we have to be critical, and we have to call things as they are, conflict of interest to performance and all the like, right? Uh, just like I hold myself accountable, uh, you wish the people that actually matter, not dingbats like me, you know, athletic commissions, corners, whatnot, um, hold accountability, which is why even when they do mistakes, Make sure you praise the people that take accountability, which is why I gave credit to James Krause uh, for taking that accountability. Um, but uh, you, you saw the arguing at the scale, the going at Misha online, the yelling at commission members, and little care for the fighter. And, you know, you hear Lad, and I heard this in their interviews, like she did one with the shots of my man Aaron Bronstetter on TSN MMA show, and she was saying that she didn't even realize um, the fight was five rounds and or who the opponent was. Um, she just took it. Um, and then the reason why is, you know, what she said was true, saying like, oh, it's not a reward, da-da-da-da. And I think reward's the wrong way to frame it because it's not a reward. You're right. Um, what it is, it's bad precedent, it's bad protocol, and it shows that we really don't care about the fighters, whether it's the promotion or the teams really themselves, if they really were caring about the fighter health. Because what she is preaching, it, you know, when you can tell, like, is someone saying that, or that sounds like someone? That sounds like something like told to them. Whether it was like a father figure, a significant other, a boss, a preacher, uh, a teacher, uh, you know, some kind of figure that they hold up high, right? And we've all done it. I'm just as guilty. This isn't me picking on anybody. This is human nature. And I, my hand raised, am just as guilty. Okay. But, uh, again, in the interest of, of why we're all here today, dearly departed, um, is, is, is to be critical and, 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 and to try to make some money here. Um, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> apologies, um, and, uh, and yeah, I, uh, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that, I kind of lost track, I fell off the tracks there, um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't like, I don't, oh yeah, I, I don't like what I heard, you know, as far as that. It really felt like she was just repeating that, you know, talking points that, you know, like a manager would say to impress the UFC, you know, the, the manager would say to as PR for their fighter, like, you know, we weren't gifted this. 
Um, you think I'm the first fighter they came to? They came to others. We were the ones that took the fight that nobody wanted to take. And that's That sounds like real manager speak, not fighter speak, you know? Um, and I didn't like the how she seemed unprepared to answer questions about the fighter because she was, like, unprepared. I mean, how, how do you blame her? It's only been a couple weeks. How much time do you have to really prepare? But it sounded like it wasn't even, like, brought to her. Like, how much do you have in the decision-making if you don't even know that it's five rounds of who the opponent is and you're agreeing to it and your reasoning is after-the-fact manager speak? It just it really, again, I'm not there. I, all I can do is this is only speculation, folks. That's all it is. And all I can do is speculate off of the information that's in front of us that we've seen, the evidence, uh, as an outsider. And, um, and yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I'm not saying that obviously, obviously Aspen's team, significant others, corner coach cares. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if we're going to be really critical, we, we sure have a funny way of showing it in the sport on how we treat these fighters if we really care about them, yeah? Um, so that is just fucking flag city, okay? Even if Ladd is more healthier and ends up being a natural 145er, say what you will about the division, okay, fine. Now let's look at the fight stylistically. Um, <clears throat> as we've seen, fighters that are big and strong and can competently fight from the clinch uh, provide problems. Um, we saw that with Yana Kunitskaya, who made just very small improvements and uh, in that area and was enough to um, give Lad some problems because a lot of their takedowns were she had to really chain and go through a lot of things, be opportunistic with the, like, a lot of things to line up. Um, which I think a lot of things will have to line up here uh, for her to take down uh, Dumont, who um, actually seems to have like good takedown defense, good underhook awareness, a good head position, which was a huge key. Um, when I was rewatching tape, um, I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, that's actually not, not as good as the head position as I could remember. And her footwork um, was just, not that it didn't stick out before, it was bad, but it was just really bad the way she kind of hop skips and has this weird predictable pace and she just follows her opponents around. And it's like, yeah, no wonder why she got countered by Duran to me. I should have picked that to happen. I picked Lad for that fight, folks, by the way. I was wrong. Um, and Dumont obviously doesn't have any stoppage wins officially on her, on her record because her MMA record's short. Most of her experience was in kickboxing and Wushu Sanda where she... As a black belt, which all that pretty much means is she spent a lot of time in Wushu Sanda. Um, that was her main martial art, um, as well as jiu-jitsu, perhaps a stereotype of being from Brazil. But she actually has a brown belt to boot, which is, ranks don't mean everything, folks, obviously, especially in MMA. But for what it's worth, she actually is technically a higher rank than Aspen Ladd on the ground. But her clinch fighting and her takedown defense look really on point, too. Not just statistically does it all look good. Um, but if you, if you look at it, she, uh, she again, good underhooks, good head positioning. And perhaps some of the, you know, a little bit of the Muay Thai twang in there. Um, she uh, really is good about turning her opponents, gets the underhook and turns. Whereas Ladd, even when she does get the underhook, she doesn't turn. And you hear her corners repeatedly chew her out in multiple fights for that. Um, again, a lot of Ladd's success is very... I don't even want to say Diego Sanchez-like, because Diego Sanchez actually wrestled and actually was like a really good grappler who competed and had a black belt, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's very Diego Sanchez-esque in the sense of his aggression, durability coming forward, and uh, will is what's, what's been getting Lad a lot of her wins and positions when you really break them down. And, and I'm not trying to take away credit, but that's just it's, it's definitely a perspective you can, you can take from it if you want to 
put some healthy skepticism in there at the very least, right? Uh, so, you know, now you factor in Dumont's been able to do that, look competent, um, and she's been able to do that uh, training um, at a not very notable gym. Well, now she relocated UFCPI <clears throat> ever since her recent weight struggles uh, and was here way ahead of her fight. Originally, space was supposed to face Holly Holm, which is like, a, you know, maybe not a Super Bowl of sorts. Shout out to Sean Carey there, but that was one of his terms. But, you know, it's essentially the same thing. It's a, it's a main event. It's, you know, big name. Uh, so you could see Dumont in the shape of her life training over at Syndicate Martial Arts, which is a, a, a good gym here in Las Vegas that has plenty of females to train with. Uh, UFC level ones at that, right? So uh, she's going to have those looks. Um, and uh, so I really like that a lot. I think Lad's going to be in for a rude awakening uh, as far as the counters, clinch competency. And even if she does get it to the ground, I think that uh, Dumont can survive. You just got to hope that Lad doesn't repeatedly get it to the ground because then perhaps um, she can tire Dumont. Uh, whereas uh, Lad, I could see maybe a tritted down the stretch more. Um, so uh, I, I, it, uh, unless I can get an under for like, Minus 115 or under, preferably under minus 115. I mean, it opened at plus money, so that's where you ideally would have wanted it. Um, but the money you got bet to now, it kind of pushed me away. So um, uh, to where I'm not really looking at it, even if it does come back down. And I kind of just laid on. I got enough you know, money in different places this week to hope, hope enough comes through. So I just ended up kicking for coverage and playing uh, as far as uh, money lines going and played, just played the plus money side. Dumont um, at plus money here. So however she does get it done, as long as she gets it done, we uh, we can cash on that. All right, next fight. Uh, Carlos Felipe, minus 110. Andre Arlovsky, minus 106. I think this opened at dead even. Oh, no, Arlovsky opened at minus 160. He, that's, that sounds about right. He should be favored, not by a lot. It's heavyweight. He's getting older. And Felipe, for all his problems, um, he has got heart, durability, and output, and that... That'll do a lot at heavyweight. I don't think he's got the power to put away Orlovsky, especially, you know, Orlovsky, you know, his, his, his chin not being what we thought it was back in 2011. <laughs> um, just still training hard, still very realistic about where he's at. And I think this is still realistically a fight that he can win. Um, Carlos Felipe's, you know, he, he's, he's got some uh, ground credentials, but nothing big. I think he's only like a blue belt or a purple belt or something like that. Uh, officially, obviously, just just a lot of MMA, probably mainly for no no gi, um, and obviously mainly boxes, anyways, on the feet. Uh, so output and attitude, you could see maybe off put Arlovsky, maybe he stings it with something Arlovsky doesn't see and just doesn't let off the trigger, and it's bad body language, and they don't see the dancing around counters and point stuff of Arlovsky, and they just see the forward pressure and volume of Philippe or Philippe, you know, is getting tagged just as much coming back. But Philippe is, you know, doing the Diaz brother cocky thing, and we know refs and judges, they, um, they're only human, and we've seen it before, you know, that body language, whether someone looks tired or whether they're being cocky, they get around that they probably should have won, scored against them. So you know, it could work against Philippe too, in other words. So I picked Arlovsky. Um, I haven't seen him at plus money any of the houses that I'm in. If I do, I'll probably sprinkle, especially if I'm up at that point of the night. You know, sprinkle on my guy Arlovsky, but uh, it's just a pick, and uh, 
I can't, you know, I can't run to the bending window or tell you to um, on uh, on a heavyweight fight like this. But I'll definitely be backing my guy if I can get some plus money, and I'm doing well by that night. So we'll see. But it'll be small, you know. Obviously, this isn't something I'm going to run in bet big. Um, we'll see. Uh, hearts with Arlovsky and everyone else on 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 the same side, I guess. Uh, Eric Gonzalez plus one ninety newcomer to Jim Milasan plus minus two thirty. Um, you don't need to come to this podcast to know that there's an auto bet here for Jim Miller by submission. Uh, that being said, I think it's legit. Um, Gonzalez is a, only a blue belt, an inexperienced one at that, only has one submission win. A uh, couple submission losses to boot, mainly gets it done on the feet. Long guy, uh, more of a reason Miller will take him down. And if um, Hoffa Garcia got him down with takedowns and his abysmal takedown defense, Jim Miller's going to take him down very easily. I mean, I shouldn't have to break this down from the Jim Miller side by just saying Jim Miller son, auto bet, Miller sub, bad moon rising. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a Miller fan there. But also, uh, you guys also know that uh, for, you know, as much of a fan I can be, as much of a nice of a guy, I try to be. If I were to say one of the worst fighters ever in the past five years for sure, past even ten years, it's got to be Humberto Bondanai. And who lost a decision to Humberto Bondanai? Well, Eric Gonzalez did. <laughs> so that alone, you know, almost makes me want to max bet my guy Jim. But I mean, minus two, two thirty. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sit here and do that. You know. Um. So plus sub, uh, sub, uh, you know, sub money. It's not the sexiest number. Plus two fifty. Not too far from the opener. Um. I just took it for a half a unit to uh, make up for some, uh, you know, to cash some, uh, make up for some money in case uh, some of these other plays fail there. There. So nice little. Uh, Sprinkle shot on Jim Millison. Um, first of a three-leg parlay here. Uh, Manon Firo, minus 245. I took her over Maida Chitara. Eye of Thundera, um, plus 200. Meyer Buena Silva. Uh, I know I backed Silva the last time out, and she got the draw thanks to her fight IQ. Although, you know, you could argue she, she could have got the one if we're sticking to that damage energy. But I didn't hate it as much the second time around. <clears throat> Um, and it showed a lot about Bueno Silva, and she's pretty much just armbar uh, or just sloppy power shots. <clears throat> and Firo is, I'm sure, between her Muay Thai experience, where she's undefeated and actually has titles, and titles in countries like France. I know America has a stereotypical, uh, n- you know, a bunch of negative stereotypes when it comes to Fran- France, but they have really good kickboxing and Muay Thai, uh, as we're starting to see. Um she also, of course, has the karate background as well, <clears throat> and um, and uh, yeah, I just think that her footwork, even in the smaller cage, she can get really ugly when she gets pressure sometimes and back up. So there'll be some opportunities uh, in the clinch, but I just think that um, Bueno Silva's porous footwork and vacancy of process um, is and porous defense is going to bode really badly uh, for. Fierro's southpaw stylings. Um, bueno Silva hasn't really faced southpaws. She doesn't have much to train with. Um, just her uh, her girl, um, Gloria De Paula, who, you know, is supposed to be a striker and, and herself, I believe, but she's a orthodox, a more Muay Thai. And, uh, you know, she got a head kick KO by, by Bayes, Cheyenne Bayes recently. Um, I haven't seen any pictures of her at Prime Sports Shootbox there. Uh, Chucky Olive's the gym in the last 10 weeks, although it appears obviously she's still affiliated there. So is the Paula. Uh, she's just been training a lot at another gym as well that I'm seeing, I guess, mainly. 
Um, I'm not sure if that has anything to do with anything, but for what that's worth. Um, I'm not sure if Fiero can get a finish because Bueno Silva seems durable. But uh, as you've seen, she's the master of getting standing stoppages. Is because she puts out like ridiculous volume. Like she's almost getting to 100 significant strikes landed, um, you know, by the midway point of round two, which is pretty, you know, insane. Um, mid to end points of round two, which is, yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, I know she hasn't faced anyone crazy. Obviously, Leonardo Leonardo and Tabitha Ricci, who is a straw weight. Um, <clears throat> and I will say this if she does lose, here's how it's going to be it is going to be by an arm bar. Because that is the spoiler of all women's fights, if we're being stereotypical. But no, uh, if, we're, if, we're, if we're being real, um, here's my worry. I like Fiero, but last time I liked a blonde southpaw um, who fought at 125, uh, who could also wrestle and do opportunistic takedowns. Well, that guy was Justin Scoggins. And I was surprised to see that Fiero went one-for-one one takedowns. Uh, first of all, she actually... It, like one for one for two, I think in her second to last fight, they just they're really bad with those takedown attempts and, and scores. Um, but uh, I will say in in Fiero's defense, she is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is higher than Maria Benasilva, who is kind of just unranked uh, armbar opportunist from Brazil, right? Um, I know you like to stereotype the Brazilians and say they all black belts, but that's not the case, folks. It's not the case. Even the talented ones, because they can do an armbar doesn't mean they have the black belt. Um, but hey, you know, Chucky Olive, Chucky Olives didn't have the uh, black belt when he was getting arm bars when he came in the UFC, right? Uh, but uh, Fiero uh, went and got takedowns, and she said she was working on a wrestling. She's got the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu brown belt, and that's good. You want a striker to like, okay, that's good. She actually looks like she, you know, uh, she can, you know, competently wrestle, I guess. But does she really want to do that here? Um, you know, if you can stay out of the arm bars, it's actually not a bad path to victory against Buena Silva because she doesn't have takedown defense and will secede position. I mean, she, she, she won't secede position. She just doesn't have any get-up game, and she just is just dead set. She's like a wind-up toy that's just set on attack. You know, doesn't have very good directionality, doesn't change direction, doesn't get off its back very well, but it will just keep like a wind-up toy, just, just keep swinging and, and, and throwing things up, right? Um, so that's what you're essentially dealing with with Myra Buena Silva. Um, so Fiero will have an IQ test for as long as she's in there with her for. But um, round two, much less round three, is nowhere near as juicy as I like them to be. Um, and since I'm already exposed on this uh, fight with a parlay, I just left it at that as a side. If it busts, you just hope my other bets, especially my, uh, my, my next one, uh, comes through, which is uh, Julian Marquez minus two forty-five uh, versus Jordan Wright plus two hundred. Marquez is the second of uh, three legs here. Um, basically, you could do the old sure dog breakdown and go Jordan Wright is do or die, and Marquez is do or not die. Uh, he only loses by decision and only wins by finish. Marquez, so that alone um, would justify my Marquez inside the distance at minus one fifty-five for. 1.55 units, which I did do. I know two inside of the distance props. I laid chalk on and heavy chalk on. Ugh. Uh, you know, we, but if if Marquez and Nemkov are the only bets that come through in any of the combinations that I played them, it'll be a good night. Let's just say that, folks. We already have the the honey nest we laid for the uh, 
hopefully it's a honey nest, not a honey trap. Ugh, I don't know why I use that word. Um, but we'll see what I laid. I'll show you what I laid for uh, Marquez. Of course, Marquez by sub is the popular bet that your boy has been on the last two times. And he's actually only gotten three subs, with the other one being Darren Stewart. So only more recently, only in his UFC career. But again, before his last two, as your boy told you, who's, 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 who's you know gotten to spend some time with Julian Marquez, very, very nice guy. Um, he uh, and just 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 chopping shop and, and and fucking around and and his knowledge was you know again I told you guys this a bunch of times you know uh, he he's much smarter than than you might think uh, he's he's in and out of the cage and um his his ground game is is definitely underrated and what does he go out there he goes and cashes two sub tickets. So, part of him could get, I think he get the knockout this time, which is why I played the inside the distance. But I did play the sub again, um, because that is where most people want to get uh, Jordan Wright. He is just a knockout or bust guy. Um, and even though he mainly gets knocked out, it's not like he's gotten subbed um, and has, you know, has, has a serviceable ground game. Um, I, I think he's the strength is going to be a difference. I remember him saying how strong Ike Villanueva was. Well. I think he's going to think Marquez is a real beast then. And um, you look at, you know, to, to Wright's credit, even though he gets put out or dropped and stuff, he'll keep fighting and he'll shoot in. And I just see him shooting in for a guillotine, you know. like So um, I feel like that toughness and will to fight and, and Marquez's follow-up and choking uh, repertoire and submission repertoire, I feel like that was worth a shot. So I, I played the submission at just under half a unit, 0.45 units. And then I sprinkled on rounds one and two again here. But Marquez, not as good odds for that. I went 0.33 units round one at plus 200. And 0.22 units for round two at plus 450. Um, usually be t rounds two and three for Marquez because he's a comeback fighter. But... Dude, this is going to be so volatile, and Wright is so volatile, and even in the fights where like Wright was finished like in round two like by Buckley, if, if you go back and rewatch the fight, you remember he actually got almost got put out, and he probably the fight probably should have been stopped at the end of round one. So, yeah, even though it's not a sexy number, that's why I opted for round one instead of round three to couple the round two play there for Marquez. Um... <clears throat> And uh, we'll, we'll we'll bust through these rest of these rather 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 quickly. Um, Lupita Godinez minus two fifteen. Luana Carolina plus one eighty. We had a Sajara Eubanks missing in here for this shuffle. Godinez gets that turnaround that I talked about was coming. I took Godinez here. She opened as a favorite for good reason. Car Luana Carolina only a blue belt in Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Godinez, um, even though it's up a division and Catalina will be strong, if she gets her down, I think she can get the submission. Uh, she's proven so. But, you know, Carolina tall. Maybe Godinez runs into a knee. Maybe she can keep her at bay. I don't know. She's got an 8-inch reach. I forget what she has in height. A couple inches there, too. But an 8-inch reach advantage. So we'll see. Turn around. A lot of intangibles there. Uh, pick is Godinez. I left her out of parlays and, and didn't play this one, though. Uh, another fight I didn't, didn't play. Maybe I would have if I got the opening line. I believe Bruno Silva opened as a dog, but Bruno Silva now favorite, minus 162. Andrew Sanchez, plus 136. I get it. Bruno Silva, brown belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Not how he wins his fights, but I got to imagine good enough to survive against Andrew Sanchez. And you really got to just survive for a round, even though his cardio has gotten better. Um, he's most potent in round one. 
uh, with Bruno Silva also potent in round one, but can win in later rounds too. Really potent finisher overall. Um, you know, so uh, Eva Lukautai, really good striking. Um, I took Bruno Silva, but I stayed away from this fight. Next fight, Ramzan Amiv minus 320. Danny Roberts plus 260. Um, I actually went with Roberts here. I feel like Amiv's a parlay buster. If I'm wrong, I hope it's just that I'm wrong on Amiv and, and that not that I'm wrong as a night ended up with one of the parlay busters in my pile. <laughs> not good. That would suck. But I feel like Amiv's always that either dependable parlay piece or the guy that like suspect. Um, and I rarely pick against him uh, because, you know, I respect his game. But something about this one this is one of the more of those weird gut feelings and, and if anybody is going to it's going to be a fast lengthy explosive god did i release explosive on a on a, on a dark gentleman jesus dan you're breaking your own rules here um knockout puncher um or kicker uh like danny roberts mainly punches obviously uh he also can hit you know triangles and, and opportunity submissions if he rocks them Amiv goes for a drunken takedown can fall into a triangle here um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I won't go Roberts round two. I don't know if I'm going to play it. You know, if I'm picking Roberts, I probably should sprinkle something small, as I probably will. Small, if I do, small, not completely confident. Didn't go and retape this fight. I just remember, which, you know, this I was wrong on my Zawada pick by a mile, so this is bad. But I just remember Zawada kind of impressing me in a loss. Um, in a loss that he could have had an argument for. I'm not saying he should have, but he could have had an argument for winning. Um, and it was a split, but that doesn't mean anything because splits can be given when it's not deserved. But I just remember Zavada making a, a decent account for himself, and if Zavada can make a decent account for himself, Roberts, um, who I think is a more potent finisher, um, can pull off an upset here. It'd be cool to see. So uh, don't follow me off that cliff, though. It's not a confident one. I picked Roberts. I'll stick with it. Um... Ludovic Klein, minus 390, versus Nate the Train Landway, y'all. Um, you guys know I'm a big Nate the Train fan. Um, he goes and George were interviewing that guy but, uh, well, back in his M1 days um, when he was making that run over there. That being said, I got Ludovic Klein here. Um, he is the third leg to hopefully close out the parlay. Now I'm a bit worried. Nate the Train did a much-needed move to get away from the uh, home small gym and, and, and wherever he was down there in the south and went to South Florida. MMA Masters more specifically, but I'm not sure what what the one camp will do. He has been there for a decent amount of time, mind you, like almost five months or so. But uh, you know, you associate that camp. Maybe he's gotten better at wrestling and ground game, which may help him. But I don't think it's going to help him enough to make it offensive. Um, so what's going to help him offensively? Maybe strikes, calf kicks. It's known for, but. He's a right-handed stance, uh, orthodox stance fighter going against Southpaw, so I'm not sure how much of those weapons are going to be there. His boxing is already one of his stronger suits as far as striking goes. Hopefully they helped him sharpen that up, maybe some defense, but I feel like Nate is kind of who Nate is, man, and uh, it won't take very long for him to get back into that war, and against a sharp finisher like Klein, I think that's bad news, man. So I think Klein's going to get it done early round two, if not round one, for sh probably round one. Um... You know, uh, I know Arosa mainly fought Orthodox, who's usually a Southpaw, but Southpaw Arosa beat him. Uh, Sanford MMA team member was the other person who knocked him out um, in the UFC. Of course, that was uh, Gilbert Burns. So against an actual striker, actual Southpaw, 
from Sanford MMA, who has been on a tear. When you, I know Rosa lost last week, not a southpaw. On a tear when you look at their southpaws, though. Uh, or fighters fighting against southpaws. Again, prepping southpaws or prepping to fight against southpaws. Sanford has been on a crazy tear. I've been saying it all year, and they've been proving me right there. We'll see if that continues, that trend continues here. Um, I, I, I backed it for what it's worth. Uh, you know, so I got Klein, 390, Marquez, and Fierro at minus 250 for a plus 146. I actually got it at a better line um, at the... Uh, at another house, but I'm not sitting here in line shopping to bump my chest. I'm giving you guys the real, um, more up-to-date, lowest common denominator, more realistic lines here. But, yeah, put one unit for plus 146 for the three-leg parlay this week. That's going to be up on Ots Checker as long with Miller by sub. I threw a little bit of tidbits in there for the Marquez on that one, but, of course, you guys are getting all the Bellator, then big Nemkov play. It's my biggest play of the week. Um, all here via at the PYM Podcast. Follow us on all social platforms. Give the show a shout. Uh, I know it's short time turnarounds with these shows, but all right, we're going to keep pushing through these last two real quick. Um, I avoided these last two, uh, but uh, I'm going to root for y'all, especially if you're on the underdogs here, because Brandon Davis is an underdog, plus 146, versus Dana Bakgari, minus 174. Um, I actually went with Dana here because uh, I, don't know, I like his left hook, right hand returns. I think that'll be potent enough for Davis. I could see Davis doing his feints and his his whole thing and then just getting hit with a couple hard shots to sway it. did like what I heard from Davis as far as incorporating more of his wrestling and jiu-jitsu. I don't see any ranks up there. He is a purple belt with three stripes. He does outrank Dana's Gracie Baja blue belt. Uh, but uh, they both have uh, deceptive and different... Uh, could be perhaps misleading, but kickboxing credentials, nonetheless, um, that's where I see the majority of this fight taking place. Um, wasn't able to see too much of Davis's recent fights. Um, one guy was really experienced, but the other two, you know, didn't look much on paper. So we'll see. Uh, I hope uh, I'm wrong on the pick. Uh, I didn't play it, so good luck to you, Davis. Betters, my heart's with you. My heart's with Brandon Davis, but the pick is Dana Badgery. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, Ariani, kind of lowest. He minus 158, uh, Stella Nunes, plus 134. I looked this fight up enough to make a pick, and I ended up with Carnalosi, who is the Muay Thai black belt, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt from Nova Anyao. Uh, stout, strong. Is, uh, Stella Nunes looks pretty athletic in a different way herself. Uh, has a, a ton of Muay Thai cred there. Um... I ended up going with Carnalosi, but I did not look into this fight. So uh, those last two are are, are, are in a void with the um, Silva Sanchez, probably. I'll just be staying away from that one outright. All right, uh, recapping. Um, taking uh, Bellator, Bellator t- taking Namkoff over uh, Anglicus, uh, taking Anderson over Bader, but stayed away. Uh, and then recapping UFC, um, taking Dumont over Ladd, taking Orlovsky over Philippe, taking Jimilasan over Gonzalez, taking Fierro over Shitara, Maida Buena Silva, taking Marquez over Jordan Wright, taking Godinez over Catalina, taking Silva over Sanchez, taking Roberts over Ameve, taking... Klein over Landwer, taking Bat Guri over Davis, taking 
Carnalosi over Nunez. Uh, parlayed Klein, Marquez, and Fierro at plus 146 for one unit. Played Dumont at plus 112 for one unit. Uh, Nemkov inside the distance. I played at minus 185 at 2.77 units. Also sprinkled on by sub at plus 900 for 0.37 units. Um, and played the Nemkov round subs. Round one, Nemkov plus 200 for 0.17 units. And round two plus 600 for 0.33 units. I all played Marquez inside the distance uh, as well at chalk minus 155 for a whopping 1.55 units. Sprinkled on the sub for him as well for only plus 225 at 0.45 units. And also sprinkled on his round one and round two props plus 200.33 units. Round two plus 450.22 units. Sprinkled on Miller by submission plus 250 for a half a unit. Avoided Davis Batgari, avoided Carnalosli Nunez, avoided Silva Sanchez. All right, folks. Uh, thank you very much. Um, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com for the uh, PayPal donation link. The Amazon click-throughs, which I'll read at another time. You guys have been clicking through that. Appreciate it. Amazon sucks to buy through. You should feel guilty. I know I do. But to feel less guilty, go to MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. Go to the right. Toggle to the right of it on the mobile. Click through the Amazon link. For no extra charge, whatever you buy, a small percentage will be kicked back to the show. It'll list the items, which I will shout you out, but it will not list who you are. So if you want to buy, you know, a David Carradine, you know, a little vibrator, a little uh, news, a little rope, a little autoerotic, whatever you're into, okay? I'm not going to judge. I will pontificate on the products uh, because, of course, I I wish you the best no matter what you're into, no matter what your picks and plays are, even if they're against mine. Uh, Hopefully, these fights can break down in a way where we all take home some winning cash. Uh, Either way, thank you for listening. Um, Good luck, and always protect your neck.